So today is the Feast of St. Luke, the Evangelist. St. Luke wrote, obviously, uh, one of the four Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. And they, it seems that they were written as a kind of a, a continuation, as one, one big volume, if you will, uh, split afterwards by uh, biblical scholars so that the, the, the Gospels would match up and then Acts is uh, inserted as a separate book. Uh, he obviously uh, had a great love for what Jews would have called the, the Gentiles. So in less politically correct terms, pagans, non-Jews. So just for Jews, the Jewish mentality, the Jewish uh, culture was very, it was very important that they maintain their identity, that they maintain uh, a distinction between themselves and everybody else. Now that got a little out of control uh, in that the goal was never to have like a, a closed shop where divine revelation is given to them and only them. Divine revelation was given to them, but they were supposed to spread it. They were supposed to spread it like they were supposed to bring others in, but it, it didn't really work like that. In fact, in very many occasions, as we see with, with so many of the prophets, the chosen people, the people who receive this particular divine revelation, so uh, 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 God reveals himself to them in a particular way, in a, in a clear way so that they can come to know him better, rather than them being strong in this and spreading it to others, they became very easily susceptible to idolatry, so falling into the, the religions of those around them. The reaction of that then was to kind of focus on certain externals that would define them as Jews rather than, than changing the heart. This is what like, Jesus really struggled with, with them. You know, like, uh, like he says, you, you scribes and Pharisees, like you, you, you wash the outside of cup and dish and saucer and you worry about, you worry about these kind of things rather than changing the heart. It's not what comes out of a man that makes him unclean, not what he eats. I mean, there were so many, as I say, external observances that got stuck on rather than are we trying to love as God calls us to love? Are we being merciful as God calls us to be merciful? Are we, do we live our faith in such, a, in such a way that it's magnetic, that it's attractive? Because Luke, in a particular way, writes a lot about, as I say, these, these pagans or these foreigners, uh, recounting the words of, of Jesus, how Jesus was so favorable towards them. Jesus recognizes and applauds the faith of non-Jews, Again, at the time, that would have been scandalous. You know, when he talks about uh, Naaman the leper, the, the Syrian, like who came down to, to, to uh, on the command of, or the recommendation uh, of Elisha to come down and bathe in the Jordan seven times, and he's made clean. He is not, not only is he not a Jew, like the Assyrians, they, they, they went to war with the Jews, so they, they would not have been popular. Or the widow of Zarephta, similarly, in the faith of, of, of this woman, commended by Jesus, reported by, by, by Luke, but would have been very unpopular at the time. Point is, Luke sees that, that there's a great need for evangelization, for us to go out and witness to the faith. And there's something, it's a thought that came to me uh, last year a, a couple of times, that whether we want to or not, whether we recognize it or not, all of us, in virtue of our baptism, are already sent out, as in, people say, you're baptized. Ah, Kaylee's baptized, right, so how does Kaylee live? And based on how Kaylee lives, we'll see what this whole baptism thing is about. So if, if your life or my life is no different to anybody else's, well then clearly the sacraments make no difference. They don't change you. You know, if, if, if our decisions are as selfish or as, mm, how would you say, 
uh, hedonistic, if, if, our, if our behavior on a Saturday night is the same as everybody else's, well then our faith obviously makes no real difference. It's a nice kind of a, I don't know, a title, it's something that you can put down in the census, it allows you to get into Catholic schools, but ultimately, does it make any difference to your life, to the way we live, to our choices? And, and this, is where, this is where the real struggle is, because as I say, Jesus so often had to uh, talk to, to the Jews around him about not just focusing on, on the externals, on, on external observations, important and all as they are. Like also for us, I mean, it's important that, that we go to Mass, which is, an, which is an external thing, that we receive the sacraments, which is, again is, is an external thing, uh, but ha- must also have an internal reality. And like grace is, is, isn't just, it's, it's conferred through the body, which is an external thing, obviously a physical thing, but it's, it's for the soul, for the heart, for the interior life. And this, is, this is, was the struggle of the Jews, and this is our struggle. To not have our faith merely external, but, but internal, internal. This is, uh, ultimately then, it becomes a battle inside of me against my will. What do I choose here? Am I choosing my will or God's will? And that's... That's a constant battle because uh, at times it's very easy to do the external things. I mean, culture has changed a lot in Ireland in the last 25-ish years. Uh, and, but the struggle is, is to apply these graces to our interior lives. So even when I was young, a lot of people used to go to Mass. It was the majority of Catholics went to Mass on a very regular basis. Uh, I've said this a few times, like, you know, everyone would know the family in the locality who didn't go to Mass. Everyone would know that the, you know, the Kellys from around the road there, they don't, they don't go to Mass at all. Never. Jenny lads, really? Like, everyone knew, right? Especially in small parishes, small towns, everyone knew uh, who didn't go to Mass. Um, and okay, like, as Catholics, yes, we should go to Mass, of course. Uh, we, we, we are required to, but... But that mass attendance must change the way we behave, the way we act. We must be more charitable and more loving and more forgiving than those who don't go to mass. Otherwise, again, your observer, or generally speaking, young people, young people who are just very observant, will sit there and watch. And they'll say, well, granny goes to mass and mammy and daddy go to mass and the neighbours go to mass. And the Kellys from around the corner don't go to mass. Right. Who's happier? Who, who's living a better life here now? And, and we, we do this instinctively. Like we're, we're, just, we're just, you know, as, as kids, I mean, if you've ever been a, a teacher and you go in, especially as a substitute, or, or all of you who've been students up until relatively recently, you know when a sub-teacher comes in, a substitute teacher comes in, and they're going to cover two days like while the teacher is out, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's a boys' school thing, I don't know. But, like, suddenly everyone feels a little rebellious, like, because the teacher's, the teacher's going to be gone in two days anyway, Right? So they'd ask for, for your name, and you'd make up a name, you know? Uh, so what's, uh, what's your name? Uh, Michael. All right, Michael. And your surname? Jackson. <laughs> Michael, Michael Jackson, I don't, you're not on the list here. And then all, all, all the lads are laughing like, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I came in late, I should be on the list there somewhere. You know, and like, there's all this kind of, yeah, anyway. And you want to see them. Is a teacher able to handle that you know if they if, if you say michael jackson and the whole place laughs and the teacher like doesn't get can spot that you're actually you know not telling the truth then you know it's going to be mayhem 
right? And you can do this at seven years of age. <laughs> like little kids, like, you know, they, they, they'll test the teachers, they'll see how far, how far can they go. So we, 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 without realizing, like, as humans, we're constantly, like, judging and, and in, in a good way, like, uh, kind of weighing up people's lifestyle, people's, what they say, are they coherent? It's what they say, coherent to what they do. It's what they say, coherent to what they do. And this is where, like, in, in, in the church, we, we have, we've always had problems you know, in that we've always had professed, baptized people not living according to their faith, not living up to the standards that, that the Lord calls us to. And it wreaks havoc, because then it means to say, the next generation look on and go, oh, I don't want that. Because that faith clearly made no difference to their lives, or actually made them even more pretentious and arrogant and self-righteous than they would have been if they had no faith at all. You know, so... The, the, there's a beautiful line from uh, Paul VI, which he wrote in Evangelium Unciandi, and it says, Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if they do listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. So modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. So someone who witnesses to their faith, as opposed to someone who knows a lot about it. You can have a lot of head knowledge about your faith, and you can talk a lot about it, you can read a lot about it, you can quote all sorts of uh, theologians and saints throughout the ages. Okay, that's nice, that's intellectual, great, work away. It's not a bad thing. But that won't convert a single heart, unless you witness to your faith, unless you live it. Unless you live it. Whereas, like... Yeah, that, that, that kind of interesting thought that, that, that came to me during the Evangelium con, uh, conference there uh, last weekend, where if you've ever been, ever been evangelized by someone from Gen Z, right, and they'll talk to you, and they'll say, like, yeah, well, I like, went to Mass, and like, the priest was like, whoa, and I was like, crazy, and then I was like, yeah, and then he was like, amen, and I was like, yeah, whoa, awesome. And like, they're telling you this whole thing with no detail, with no catechetical content whatsoever. But in listening to them, you're actually, in a strange way, kind of being evangelized. And you actually enjoy their enthusiasm. And all, like, it's actually magnetic. They're actually drawing you in with zero content. <laughs> because what they have is joy. What they have is, 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 is a faith that they're not really expressing very well. But they are a witness. They're not a teacher but they most definitely are a witness. And modern man will listen more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if it does listen to a teacher, it's because they're also a witness. Now, the difficult thing is that you and I are called to be witnesses. You and I are examples whether we want to be or not. The fact that you're baptized means you are now, all of a sudden, voila, you're now an example. The question isn't, are you an example? The question is, are you a good example? Or not? Or are you a bad example? Because people will look at you. You don't have to actually say anything. The fact that you already go to Mass, the fact that you're baptized, people know, and now they look at you. Same with having this collar. I mean, I was at a, a, a concert not too long ago, and I was asking myself, well, will I wear the, the collar shirt or not? And I, mean, all, I almost always do. But this is a different kind of environment. But sure, look, we'll see how it goes. So uh, it was a good concert, guitarists, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, uh, so, yeah, there I was, anyway, with the collar shirt, and you'd have people, like, walking along, and they go... <laughs> you know, and 
<laughs> they would do a double take and then just give them, how are you getting on? Enjoy the concert, have a good one. You know, um, and, but like, just that small little missionary opportunity. There is a smiling priest, nice and sober, um, enjoying some quality guitar music. Why not? Why not? Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if it listens to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. So whether we want to or not, the fact that you've come to Holy Family means that you're already a witness. You're all, it's not like after you do your study or finish the year, then suddenly you kind of get a stamp and you're now a witness. You're already a witness. People are already looking at you. Which is a good thing. It means you don't actually have to win an audience. You're already being watched. So what do you do? What do we do now that we have people's attention, now that people, now that people are looking at us, which they are, what do we do? And this is where our interior life is, is so important. It's good that we learn our faith. It's important that we know how to express it. But lots of enthusiasm about our faith, even though it may be a little Gen Z, is still more effective than lots of head knowledge, but no heart. So what does it come down to? It comes down to, do you love the Lord? Do you love him? And do you let him love you? Do you know him? And if you know him and love him, then serving him, witnessing to him, is a natural consequence. So we ask St. Luke today, author of a gospel and of the Acts of the Apostles, a lover of those on the fringes and those who weren't Jews, those who were almost excluded from society. We ask him to pray for us today in our year of formation, in our call to be witnesses throughout our whole lives, that Lord, we can be good examples, not only when we, when we know we're being watched, but constantly. And may this good example spring from a living faith and a living relationship with you. Amen.